Hello everyone, I am Mariah Parsons, I'm your host. If you are new to Learn to Listen, welcome, and if you are a regular listener, thank you. Learn to Listen is a mental health and wellness podcast designed to encourage vulnerability in storytelling and to empower through empathy. If you like the show, please, please, please go subscribe on your favorite listening platform. I also have built out our social media. Um, So we are on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, the whole, you know, every channel, omni-channel experience, wherever you like to find your content best, it's there for you. Hi everyone. So this episode is going to be the second of two interviews that I did for the Momentum Indie and Zip podcast, a nonprofit consulting project that I worked on a couple of weeks ago. And so if you didn't catch Mario's interview, I definitely recommend going back and listening. But if you are looking forward to listening to Olivia's interview, I do want to say that this episode is just a little bit different. Um, as they were not coming on the Learn to Listen podcast exclusively, but we decided to include it retroactively. And so I hope you really enjoy Olivia's interview. She is a brand marketer and global launch readiness associate at Eli Lilly, which is a big uh, pharmaceutical company, um, as well as the founder and owner of the speaking company where Olivia is a motivational speaker. She's also an avid cyclist as well as an as well as an e as she's an avid cyclist as well as a DEI advocate here in Indianapolis. I hope you enjoy. Hello everyone. I am Mariah Parsons. I am guest interviewing Olivia West here today on the Zip podcast. Olivia, thank you so much for joining us. So happy to have you here. Um, We're going to dive into cycling and your background, but before we do that, I'm going to give you a second to intro yourself and say hi to everyone. Hi, everyone. I'm so happy to be here and excited. I got connected with Zip right here in Indianapolis, Indiana, a few months ago when they were sponsoring an event at the Indiana State Museum. So really excited to leverage this relationship and be able to share something that I'm very passionate about with you all today. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so let's let's dive right into it. When did you first start cycling? Um, what really like sparked that interest? If you had to pinpoint kind of like one or two things, I would say I, I first started cycling. I mean, really early on in my childhood. I remember that my mom got me a bike when I was very young, and we were in the driveway trying to teach me how to ride it, and I got frustrated. And I said, "Mom, I don't need your help anymore." And then I just pedaled off into the sunset. So, so independent. Really, I'm sure she loved that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was a really great, great memory that, you know, I didn't want her help anymore. I just wanted to go pedal and, and do my own thing. But fortunately, that was the point. Um, and so <laughs> I've always had a bike growing up. And when I was much younger, before I had my driver's license, I would actually ride my bike for transportation to school. So I just mm-hmm. lived a few miles away from school, from the middle school I attended, as well as the high school. So I would ride the bike out there. And I also grew up showing horses, but the horses that we owned were not on our property. So sometimes Mm -hmm. I'd have to go ride my bike out to go feed the horses, take care of the horses. Of course, that was all before I had my license. Life changed a little bit once I had access to a car, but that love of cycling persisted. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. Um, So when would you say, when did you start cycling? I believe, was it about a year ago? Am I right in that? Or 
Yes. Yes. So okay. I, I started cycling more, I guess, like competitively. Yeah. Can competitively and seriously actually just earlier this year. So 2022, okay. I started my, my first corporate job last fall and we have a really amazing bike hub facility at our corporate center. And I would always see people riding into work on the coolest bikes with these awesome jerseys on. And it just kind of sparked my curiosity a little bit, as well as I have a very good friend in this city who is a major cyclist. She had this amazing bike, a gravel bike that she ordered from this company in California. And I always thought this bike was just the coolest looking thing. And so as soon as I could, I started shopping around for a bike and got my bike not too far after I, I saw that she had a cool one. Mm-hmm. And that is my, my, my cycling buddy and sister. Oh, I love that you have that like kinship, that friendship that extends to cycling. Um, I, it is funny you bring up the look of bikes. Cause I, like when I see cyclists, I'm like, Oh my gosh, they're so like brightly colored. Like they're, the aesthetic is definitely there. Like, and it, it, it lends itself into the appeal a little bit of like the entice, the enticing factor of like seeing like all the bright colors and like everyone kind of just like whiz by like on their, on their bikes. Right. So I, I completely, um, I completely can see how seeing that bike hub at your corporate job, you're like, Oh, there's a little bit of curiosity there. Like, what is that all about? Um, and within cycling, there's such a big community, which we'll get into, um, in a little bit, but yeah, I can definitely see how that would be a factor that would draw you in to the sport. Um, and so having, you know, your bike be such an important mode of transportation before getting your license. Um, you had mentioned like the way you grew up and how that lended itself to being able to be mobile without your your driver's license. How would you say, or like, why, why would you say that cycling is important to you? Or like, what have you learned from, from cycling, whether it's, you know, from using a bike for transportation or, now starting to compete. I would love kind of like both of those perspectives, if you could share. Yeah, absolutely. Cycling to me is almost a symbol of pride in Mm. knowing that you, your body and your bike get you from point A to point B. It's really Mm. easy sometimes to hop in the car and go run somewhere. But I think when you're in charge of getting yourself from point A to point B, you start to reconsider, why am I going here? What is my intention of going here? And how much effort am I willing to undergo in order to get to this place? And I think cycling in general is just another sport that teaches you to work hard, um, you know, work hard, play hard, but truly you can do both when you're cycling. There's nothing more rewarding than riding somewhere that's beautiful. And then once you get there, just getting to enjoy the environment and the atmosphere. I also think when it comes to transportation, I live in a downtown area where it can take you sometimes 20 minutes to get just a few blocks because of traffic. But when you're on a bicycle, of course, you have the bike lanes and, you know, maybe you can cut on side streets a little bit easier than when you're in a vehicle. And it's really caused me to rethink what does transportation look like and all the different options and modes of transportation that we truly have. Yeah, no, I, I, I love that perspective of being able to get somewhere quicker, especially if you're like in a super, um, like urban area, like a city and I'm also downtown Indianapolis. And so like, I see those bike lanes and I see that it's like, you know, it's, it's way clearer than the actual roads if you're in a car. Right. So like logistically, yes, it makes a ton of sense. Um, but I love that you also brought in like the pride factor of like dedicating time and energy to something and, being able to be like the factor that is getting you somewhere. I think that's such a cool 
way to look at cycling that, I mean, me, I've, I am not a cyclist. Um, so I think that's a really cool way to kind of like depict why cycling is important to you and like why, you know, you've, you are able to, um, dedicate like so much time and energy to it. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and two, I know that, um, you had mentioned your corporate job and obviously cycling is one part of your life, not the whole thing. And so you label yourself as a brand builder and you're a small business owner. So can you tell us like, first tell us about that. Just like give us some background. And then how do you think like cycling feeds into that? Like for me, exercise has always been a way of de-stressing or like getting my mind off of something or a way to work on myself. So can you give us kind of like that background and then how cycling fits into that um, other aspect of your life? Absolutely. Well, busyness is the norm, right? Busyness mm-hmm. is the standard being booked and busy and having to go here and there, hopping on a lot of meetings and always, you know, corresponding with others is, is kind of the norm for me. And so between having my, my full-time job where I'm a brand builder at a large corporation and we get to serve, you know, thousands of people around the world to the small business uh, that, that I own, the speaking company, where we teach public speaking courses and help equip people with the gift of gab. You know, it is it is a way for me to just find balance and find something that's for me. You know, it is just a beautiful thing when it's just me and my bike and the road and it can just truly take you anywhere that that you'd like to go. And I think for me, it's an area where it's a part of my self-care. You know, it's a part of mm-hmm. taking care of my mind, my spirit and my body. And I think ultimately our career will only ever be as healthy as we are. And so it's incredibly important that we invest in self-care, whatever that looks like for you. For me, it's cycling. You know, for me, it's attending community events. But for me, it's also doing a really good job at work and a really great job on my business. Yeah, I love that. Um, what you said is like career. We our our career is only as healthy as we are. I, I that's a. Um, I think like anyone that is listening would agree in that. It's like, oh yeah, obviously, right? Like you need to be able to flourish in all areas of your life at the same time. Um, and I mentioned this when I interviewed Mario, who's also, um, part of this podcast episode is I was a collegiate rower. And so for me, mental health, physical health, very intrinsically, um, related, very interwoven. Right. And so the career aspect the self-care aspect making sure the physicality, um, making sure that all of those are thriving at the same time to then kind of create that like cyclical relationship is something that I think many people, whatever, like whatever categories you're putting in for your own life would, would relate to. And I, I love, um, I love that you have found like cycling to be that self care aspect. Was it always, I'm curious, was it always, like that, like you just found like cycling and it was like, like that you're like, Oh, this, I know, like, I'll never be able to go about my daily life without it. Or was it kind of like a slower um, realization? Yeah, that's a great question. I think for me, cycling is something that I kind of grew more into, you know, as we were talking before the podcast, I was sharing a little bit about my childhood and how I grew up showing horses 
I grew up showing pigs and I grew up playing basketball a lot. You know, I'm, I, I was born and raised in Indiana. So that's kind of the okay to <laughs> You check them all off the box. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But when I moved to a more metropolitan area, I, I didn't have those things anymore. Right. I, I wasn't on the farm anymore. I no longer played basketball. And so I needed to find something else. I needed to find something that was I, I think, first of all, um, economically friendly, you know, something that's not going to cost me a whole, whole lot of money. And yes. if you're looking for that, definitely don't get into horses or pigs, but <laughs> maybe you can get a bike. Um, and so truly it was just a sport that was open. It was available and accessible to me. And that is, that's why I started cycling. And then, you know, I think within that, after I started, I was able to make it my own. Mm-hmm. I love that you brought up that accessibility factor because, I know the Momentum Indie team that is hosting the major Taylor ride um, this year in Indianapolis 2022 um, and who is working with Zip on this podcast. Zip is a sponsor of that ride, right? All these relations, that accessibility factor of cycling is what they're really tapping into and all the community work that they're doing currently. It really emphasizes that like, hey, most people are traditionally taught how to ride a bike, but even if you aren't, when you're growing up, it's never too late to learn, right? It's like low impact. Even if you're on the older side, on the younger side, there is a point of entry that is like pretty much meant or could be for anyone. Um, if you want to try it out. And so that's one thing that I myself just helping the momentum indie team really admire is that accessibility of the sport. And they're making that so well known. Cause I think it's easy, like anything to see like a cyclist or a, or a group of cyclists on the road and be like, Oh, like they look so professional. Like they're so put together. Like it's probably, um, you know, like I wouldn't know what I was doing. It's like starting anything for the first time. Right. But that point that you brought up of like, it's, it's accessible. Like you don't need a ton of expensive equipment. You can store your bike, like either inside or outside. Right. Like it is, just the bike and your body, which for sports, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good, um, you know, ratio of like equipment to yourself. It's just like one thing and you're ready to go. Right. You have all the different things like your helmet and like chains and shoes and stuff, but the solely needing that bike is, is really, really, um, I think a great low barrier of entry for people to get into cycling. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and also, you know, as we think around, you know, diversity, equity and inclusion, you know, sometimes there is kind of, you know, a large barrier to entry in some sports. But I mean, truly, I don't ride a very expensive bike. And mm-hmm. honestly, most of my gear that I get is, you know, on on the lower end, just because I'm not I'm not cycling competitively. And so just knowing kind of what you're in the market for and then being really honest about that, I think always helps. I also have a fun story too. So this jersey that I'm wearing, uh-huh. you're not going to be able to see the brands on it. But uh, a month ago, actually, I was in Madrid, Spain. I was just visiting some friends just oh, on a so on a summer fun. trip. Yeah, it was amazing. It was awesome. And this was one of my last days on that trip. And we were downtown Madrid and we went to this thrift shop. Uh, it was called Humana. So it was um, just a place that, you know, people people donate clothes and then they sell it. And they had an entire section for cycling. Whoa. They had what jerseys. Are the odds? Yes. So I bought three jerseys and I love them. People are always coming on. Oh, where did you get them? And I was like, hey, I got them in Spain at this thrift store. 
And this jersey was five euros. That's it, about $5. And this is one of my favorite jerseys that I have. And so this is, this is something, I mean, this is a story in itself, you know, Mm -hmm. and that was so exciting for me. One of my last days in Spain to run across this thrift shop and they just happened to have cycling gear. And if I would have had another bag, I would have stuffed that bag and (laughs) brought it home. Yeah, no. Oh my gosh. Thank you for sharing that. I was going to ask about the Jersey. So I'm glad that it naturally came up. Um, that's such a cool story and just emphasizes that, low barrier of entry like you can find the gear that you want in a thrift shop in Spain right like it's it's there you just you just told us um and I think that would be encouraging to people like oh it is a low barrier um and I love that you brought up the aspect of diversity equity inclusion as well because I know that's also part of the major Taylor ride it's something that's really important um, Marshall, Marshall Taylor, I gave this background with Mario as well, and I'm sure Dan will do so with Jen, but, um, the major Taylor ride is in honor of Marshall Taylor. He was an Indianapolis native and African-American world champion cyclist. And so when you bring up DEI, it's obviously important to make sure that anyone in the community, Indianapolis or the greater, you know, U S or you know, nationwide or worldwide would feel included. And that's one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about today as well. Um, because you, you plan to ride in the major Taylor ride this year, correct? Yes. Yes. Correct. Okay. Yes. I wasn't sure if you, um, rode in it last year, but, um, I want you, if you, if you can, to kind of like walk us through your prep like mentally and physically when you're getting ready for a competition. I know you said that you also have a competition this upcoming week. I feel like that would also maybe help lower that barrier of being like, oh, if someone doesn't know, wants to get into competitive cycling, might not know where to start. Um, If you could walk us through kind of like your practice being a newer cycler, I think it's a really cool perspective that a lot of people might be able to benefit from. As uh, yes, of course. So as I prepare mentally and physically, I just want to preface, I am not a professional cyclist. Like I have a really cool zip water bottle. I have these jerseys that look (laughs) awesome, but I'm really not that fast. And I'm, but that's why you're on here. We want, yeah, we want all perspectives. (laughs) So I want to, I want to encourage you with that. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, so I am am not that fast, but the thing about cycling is you don't have to be fast. You just got to be safe. And so whatever that looks like for you, you know, whatever speed that looks like for you, I would say for me, you know, obviously I check um, my bike mechanically, you know, be sure both my tires got air in them and that my gears work. And then all the time that my two lights are charged up in case, you know, I'm out after dark or, you know, when it's when when the sun is setting. And then, of course, you know, get my helmet on and, you know, get gear on, be sure that I have a small repair kit in case anything happens and that my phone's charged. So if anything really happens, I can call my friends uh, to to come pick me up. But I would say mentally, you know, just taking a moment, having a mindful moment and, you know, what are my intentions for this ride? Am I going to go fast? Am I going to go far? Where am I going? You know, for example, on Saturday mornings, I really enjoy riding to the farmer's market. And Mm -hmm. so when I go to the farmer's market, chances are maybe I'll cycle a little bit slower because I'll probably have a backpack on. So I can get all my goodies and bring them home. Yes. Yeah. When other times, maybe I'm going to do some cardio. So I'll, I'll ride a little bit longer. I'll ride a little bit faster where I'll only have my necessities and water bottles on me. So I would say for me, and just taking a mindful moment, 
which I do really before any activity, whether it's cycling, whether it's going to work, entering into a meeting, just really connecting my thoughts with my body and setting the intention of what am I going to do? I love that intentionality and that you bring it outside of cycling as well. Um, Cause I think it can be really easy just to like, like you, we were saying, be busy, busy, busy and go through the actions. But I think there's an added level of, um, I don't know if maturity is the right word, but added level of, I guess, like internal respect that you're giving yourself when you're intentional. And so I love that you take that practice. Yes. And cycling before, um, going to a farmer's market versus doing some cardio, but then that you also carry it outside. Um, I think that's, that's a really cool perspective. Um, and so with that, you know, that preparation, um, for races, when you're then looking at cycling and thinking, um, about getting into how you got into the sport, how you saw like the little bike hub at, or not little, but that bike hub at your corporate, um, job, what does it meant to you to kind of have like that community aspect? Um, you know, how is meeting Dan at the museum and all that kind of influenced your perspective on the sport? Yeah, absolutely. Community is everything, you know, no matter if you're working, no matter if you're playing community is truly everything. And so I think for me, I leverage the community to learn, right. Mm-hmm. Getting into the sport. I didn't have, uh, you know, a whole lot of friends into it. I had my one friend who has her great gravel bike and Other than that, though, I didn't have, you know, true subject matter experts around me. So I use that community to continue to learn, to learn about the sport, to learn about the possibility and the excitement around everything that we're able to do. So I I would say primarily I use the community to learn. I would say right now, historically, I don't do a whole lot of community writing because I feel like a lot of my life is really involved and intertwined with people all the time that sometimes I actually use my bike and cycling to escape, you know, an area that I can just have for me, but riding with a community or riding with maybe just one or two other people is a lot of fun. That's historically not been my approach, but everyone has their own kind of regimens on how they like to ride. But truly for me, it's conversation. You know, whenever you're talking about something you're passionate about, the conversation is just amazing. You know, mm-hmm. I, I met a zip representative at that museum that day. That was the first time I'd been to that museum. It was yeah. the first time I, I interacted with the brand. And now I'm more likely to go back to that museum, right? I'm, I, I carry around my zip water bottle every single day in the office. And people ask me, what is zip? And I said, well, let me tell you. About it. I got <laughs> you a know? story for you. Yeah. 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 It's like, I have a story for you. And then they ask about, oh, do you have zip tires? And I'm like, not yet. But they are amazing. And if I obviously ever got into racing, it would be my first choice, right? Mm -hmm. You know, as a marketer, as a brand builder, I really value those interactions and sponsorships that Zip has in the community because those are meaningful. They've been meaningful for me. And I know they've been meaningful for this wider community. Yeah, I love that you bring in the expertise that you have in marketing. And right when you said um, they're like, Oh, I'm more likely to go purchase their tires. I'm also in marketing for my job and like retention and brand, um, obviously is really important for me as well. And that's what I work to perfect with my job, but just in my personal life. So that, that definitely, uh, that definitely resonates is like, Oh, those sponsorships 
the people that are going above and beyond for the community and for um, things that they really believe in, it makes me want to be a part of that community with, you know, Zip and, um, you know, just the, the greater cycling community as a whole. And I love that um, you brought up that you sometimes use cycling to get away from like a community and just be at one with yourself. And I know that's part of the reason that we wanted to have you on this podcast is because we want to have representation of all different perspectives and like how you can use cycling to enhance your life. Um, and I think that is, I'm so glad that you kind of touched upon that because I think it can change for any person. Right. And like, it can even change individually. It's like one day you need it for community and you go like ride with other people. One day you need it to be individual and that's completely fine. It's just like your needs of that day. Um, so thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's amazing. And as we're talking about communities and you said, even if it isn't in cycling, but it's just more general, like that's where you get your energy from is those community events. What, what kind of impact, like what motivates you, um, to engage with the community? Like what, what, what impact are you, would you like to have either on the cyclist community or just any community that you're a part of? When I first moved to Indianapolis, it was about a year ago. So I, I guess a year ago in July. And I remember I had just settled here. You know, my kind of friends and family who helped move me in had, had since returned home. And I was on the eve of starting my first job post-college. And I was strolling around the city and I actually rode my bike. Um, that was one of the first things that I got when I moved to Indianapolis. I, I stumbled upon this small park. And I remember just having a moment where I was sitting there reflecting and there was this awesome wooden bench that said, you know, something along the lines of, I don't remember it verbatim, but, you know, when you enter a new community and, and, and you're looking for a new community, don't forget that you're also creating one yourself. Ooh, and love that. that, yeah, absolutely. And that really spoke to me as in, you know, I'm, I'm new to this community, but me coming to the community, I'm adding something to it and I'm also creating one. And a year later, I can honestly say both of those things happened. I, I was not only able to engage in the community that already existed, but I was able to bring my own spice, my own flavor, my own value to the community that I've created. And so that's something that I think no matter where I'm at, no matter if I'm at work, if I'm running my business, if I'm cycling, I hope that I can be a beacon of light and inspiration for all who engage with me. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm going to take that with me. <laughs> that's a, that's a great saying. And now I want to like find um, that bench. Do you remember what, what park it was at? By chance, yeah, I, yes, yes. So that is at the idol. Um, okay. So that's in, in Indianapolis. It's right in between Fletcher place and fountain square. So it's a great place. You can pull it up right on your map and it's right when you're walking out to the main viewing area, it's on a small wooden bench uh, on your left-hand side. Oh, wonderful. Oh my gosh. I love how you painted that. Like I'll know exactly where to go now. Um, that's, that's phenomenal. Um, okay. So then we have one question left. This has been so, so incredible. Um, if you could give someone who is, who wants to get into cycling, but perhaps a little bit hesitant, some advice, what would you say to them? If you want to get into cycling and you don't know where to start, I would tell you to go to the bike shop nearest you. Go to the bike shop and talk to those people. They are the absolute experts. Chances are they've been living and breathing bikes for a very long time. And they <laughs> yeah. can give you the rundown of what bike to get, how much to spend on it, and how to get 
involved. That's truly what I did. When I knew nothing, I went to go seek information, right? Mm -hmm. I think obviously, you know, this is the information age. So you can go on YouTube, you know, of course you can go to the library, but go straight to the source, go to the experts, you know, go to the people that can pop on and off a tire in just seconds and can identify a problem with your gears within minutes, you know, go to those people. And whether that's at a big box store, such as Dick Sporting Goods, maybe REI, or if it's more a local owned bike shop here in Indianapolis, we have a wide array of bike shops, whether those are nonprofits or, you know, larger chains, whatever it is, just go in there, talk to those people often. Chances are, if you get a bike, you might need to go back and visit them a few times anyway, but yeah, truly leverage your community, you know, leverage people in your circle. So the bike that I ended up buying for my second bike in the city is actually a brand of bike that my mom has owned for over 30 years. Whoa. Okay. That's so cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So a bike that she has quite literally had for half of her life, that was the same brand of bike that I ended up purchasing for myself. So you never know the resources that you have just at an arm's reach, but you have to ask. So go in, start the conversation, maybe talk to some friends. You never know. You absolutely never know. I'm always introducing myself to people at the workplace and, and they ask me about my hobbies and recreation and maybe they can't relate to being a pig farmer and a horse farmer growing up, <laughs> but I bet they've probably ridden a bike. And mm-hmm. so that's, you know, a topic of conversation. So have that conversation, ask, get engaged. I also found an amazing bike community on Twitter, believe it or not. Really? Okay. Yes. There are so many bikers on Twitter that will post photos of their bikes. They'll tweet about different community rides that are going on. It's actually amazing. I mean, I love that. I'm yeah, I am to the point now that if if you don't have a bike and you're in this city, you're just missing out because it is an awesome community, you know, to keep up socially with as well as obviously the influence that we have from Major Taylor in the city. I think it's um just a great opportunity for us. So get involved, start the conversation and buy a helmet as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely, definitely important. Do you want to shout out that Twitter community real quick? Just like yeah, the name? So, yeah, of course. So one that I saw actually just today is Bike Indianapolis. So they mm-hmm. are they're hosting their Friday bike party. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of joining. It's, yeah. it's, it's kind of been an exhausting week, but maybe I can just, you know, just cruise with them tonight. But it'll be really fun. And yeah, Twitter, Reddit, the communities are out there. Just go get involved. Okay. Well, that's wonderful. I, I love to end it on that note of um, community building and finding that community that sits for you. Olivia, this has been so fun. I know on behalf of the Momentum Indie um, team and the Zip team, so, so, so happy that we could get you on the podcast to be featured today and wish you the best of luck on the or at the Major Taylor ride and this upcoming weekend as well. Awesome. Thanks, Mariah. Thank you all for listening and dedicating some of your time to listening to these conversations and being an external part of that conversation. I hope you take away with each episode maybe some new perspectives and some ways to reflect about how what we talk about pertains to your life and your own interests and goals.